Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor and we are going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale Season 3 Episode 4, it's called God Bless the Child. So, full spoilers for the episode as always and uh, we should mention that this is brought to you by one of our patrons, this is brought to you by Cindy Palacios, so thanks to her. Uh, so, so by the way, it's, see the weird thing about getting three episodes in the first week is that I'm like, episode four we're on, like, wait, what? <laughs> when did that happen? <laughs> Yeah, I like cause we took a little bit of a break between two and three, so it's just like okay, there was no time in between those whatsoever. No, no, um, I mean, it's, it'll be normal now, but it was going to feel really very slow compared to the first four. This this has felt like a Netflix show up until this point in, yes. in our in, in the pace that we're going at, and yes. then all of a sudden it grinds to a halt after this every, every year. The funny thing is, though, is I think this one works better weekly because it's so intense. Typically, with its, with its, you don't uh, like binging it because it's uh, feels a bit exhausting. It's a bit hard to binge. Yeah, yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah, I feel like one one serving per week is kind of perfect for this show. Uh, but they like to throw three at us in the first week, which for us ends up being four over the course of a week. That's what it feels like. It feels like by the time we get the third one done, the fourth one's there, ready, yeah. ready to go. Uh, so yeah, episode four. Um, we actually, it's something of a of a bottle episode as far as June's side of the plot is concerned in Gilead. Uh, she's at like, the ceremony uh, celebrating the the children that have been born recently. Uh, it's a not quite baptism. Yeah, it's basically Gilead's version of a baptism. They, they did have a name for it, but I'm forgetting it. Yes, uh, but because it, it intercuts with some flashbacks of. Uh, of you know her child's bapt- baptism of Hannah's yeah. baptism. Uh, you forgot the kid's name, didn't you? For a for, second. A, spl- for a split second, I did. All right, it came back to me very quickly. All right. Uh, do you know how I remembered it? Because I remember she said Hannah Banana. That's how that's how I remembered it. <laughs> that's how you remember it. <laughs> she calls her Hannah Banana. So, um, so there's a little bit of that, a little bit of that, and it's not too much because what we were speculating if there would be flashbacks this year, and there was some flashbacks in this episode, but there weren't much it was, no, it was a um, little bit at the start and the end i think i alluded to it at the end of last episode. i'm glad there's not too much not that i dislike the flashbacks more that i don't want them to become a crutch sure sure so i'm happy with them just being oh when they feel appropriate here or there yeah because this one it was literally just the start of the end it was just kind of intercutting the the you know the baptism of the flashback with the celebration and in, in present day and it was um, it, it didn't feel the need to go out of its way to make more of a plot out of the flashbacks where it had like a beginning, middle, and end. It was just kind no. of clear and simple. It was just it was just showing the 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 parallels, and that's it. Yeah. Whereas in previous seasons, it had the flashbacks have had their own arc. Yeah, uh, which is fine if it's relevant to to what the character's going through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, Moira pretty funny though, as always, because we don't get we don't get any Moira in present day in this episode, but Moira in the church was pretty funny. Uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm just. We'll throw that out there. Uh, so, but they go back to the the Putnam's house, uh, and this this was the baby that Jeannie had, you know, all the way back uh, end of season one. You know, she almost jumped off the bridge. It was that long ago. Uh, and I thought it was odd that they were inviting Janine included. Like, okay, you want to invite the rest of the handmaids in the in the neighborhood? Sure, that felt a bit odd to me. <laughs> uh, which I, I guess is feeds into them wanting to be, you know, forgiving and. Not, not that Gilead as a whole is pretty forgiving in general, no, but, but they have a a pretense of being forgiving. Yes, they have a pretense of it. Uh, so they they come in and the the key interesting thing is here. 
right? I'll, I'll on Janine's scene later on, of course, uh, where Jin steps in, is in a couple of things with Aunt Lydia, uh, where the handmaids seem to kind of, at least Jin and Janine seem to kind of care about her a little bit. Like, they seem to care that she's not in a great place, that she's struggling. Um, yeah. You know, Janine brings her tea at one point. Uh, but the the big thing for me though was by far the scene this or the scenes where June's with Serena or June's with with Fred. Those scenes really make up the bulk of what this episode is really about, um, and it's kind of following on from what we we're saying last episode about her starting to actually be a leader, start to actually fight in some way. And she has this scene with, with you know, because Serena's not at the celebration. She didn't, she didn't want to be a distraction, but she shows up uh, for the, at the... For the, for the party. For the party, for the, for the aftermath. And June's kind of lingering, lingering, lingering behind. You know, all the rest of the handmaids have went to get, get some food. And she kind of, like, lingers and sort of stares at Fred. Because one of the narration earlier on is uh, she's like, I should hate this man, but that's not exactly what I feel. Like, I, kinda, yeah. I, don't, know, I don't know what you call it. But it's not quite hatred. No, because uh, Fred basically goes, "Hey, all of you, go to the buffet." You know. No, that's you know, later. Is that like that later one? That's later when he goes into the kitchen. Yeah, that's when he wants to speak yeah. to June. Um, yeah. th- th- this was back when uh, they're at the celebration. Still, she's having this narration. I'm with you. Um, so so that's just that. But so she is there, and they have this kind of conversation. And again, we we, we talk about this all the time. But I'm I'm still surprised when we have a scene with those two now and. The demeanor and the way they speak to each other is so different. Uh, it's borderline casual. Yeah, the the way Serena asks if I missed anything, and June cracks a joke. She's like, "Ah, oh, you know the usual beer keg karaoke." Yeah, and she's a uh, Serena's one of the girls now. Yeah, like June just like cracks a little smell at the end, and you know Serena, I don't think actually sort of you know takes it and laughs at the joke, but. Um, and maybe that's something we can get to some point later in the season where maybe Serena will actually get in on a joke of some kind and respond. Uh, yeah, it, it, no, it won't be her responding. It'll be her telling one. It'll be her sure, making the I joke. Sure, I can see that, yeah. She'll make a joke. Yeah, I can see that. Um, which would contrast nicely, cause if, you, if you remember back uh, early last season, because June was pregnant. Yeah. And they had like a little dinner party for a few of the handmaids, like you know June's, you know, or sorry, Offred's friends. And yes. you remember, as you remember, she was going around and like serving them, and it was maybe this nice thing because she was pregnant. And, and it was so awkward whenever they were in the, whenever she was in the room. Yeah, but she she tried to talk to them about things, and they ended up talking about like coffee shops they used to go to and things they used to do when they had freedom. And I can almost see it in a nice contrast to that if she does finally crack a joke because it's like. She said things like that in that that dinner party scene, but it was really awkward and like stilty. Yeah, and... but now it'll feel it would feel genuine, I think. Yeah, given where they actually are. So, yeah, and you know, Jin gives her a bit of a pep talk. It's like you know, like you keep fighting, and like, and she's like, yeah, but half of these women, when I tried to fight, like walked out on me, and she's like, yeah, but half didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you have followers. Um, so we have this scene, like you said, where, where Warford comes in. And he says, "Everyone, go get some deviled eggs." Yeah, yeah. Go, go enjoy the buffet. I actually thought he was a little bit drunk here at first because the the way he was talking and swinging his arms about felt a little, little intoxicated. But he yeah. he gets rid of them all, and maybe he wants to appear drunk for the purpose of this, uh, because Jun stays behind. Yeah, she she immediately knows what's going on. Yeah, and he sits down next to her, you know, and he gets a drink of water with her, and they're sitting down. And they start having kind of catching up, essentially. I think um, even before they get to that point, 
And given that we know he's been demoted and he's lost some standing, mm. there's a point where she goes, oh, you know we're not allowed to use the buffet. And he's like, ah, I'll deal with the consequences. So he still feels like he's... I, I don't know if it's ego or if it's genuine, but he feels like he has enough power still to get away with at least some things. Yeah. I, actually, because the exact phrasing which I liked was, uh, I'll handle the complaints. As, as if there would be like, an inbox of yeah, like, yeah, angry right. complaints. One, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I like that. Um, but, you know, she starts asking about Serena, and he's like, oh, she's not been very forthcoming. Uh, I wish I knew. You know, I want things to be back the way, the way they were. And June, June says something that I thought sounded quite ballsy, given, the, again, the context of the relationship. She says, what does your wife want? And I yeah. thought that might set him off, but it didn't. He he was kind of very honest in his answer, where he just kind of says, I have no idea. She's yeah. not telling me. And she plants this suggestion that what would, you know, because he says, oh, like uh, knitting and planting flowers and whatnot aren't, that isn't satisfying her. And June says, I don't think it ever was. Here's something that may fulfill her and keep her like active, give her mind something to focus on, is if she actually had some power. And he gives a list look and she's like, I mean, behind the scenes, of course, that no one can know, but give her something to do where she can actually exercise her, her brain, essentially. At, at least let her feel useful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she sort of takes a drink and slightly goes, it's worth having a conversation about it. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just kind of staring at her and he's like, and I'm just like, and all I can think in this scene is not only, I mean, I do think she genuinely would like Serena to have more power, but again, I'm thinking about her wanting allies that have power, her her wanting people oh, in places. absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Because she has the same conversation with Serena, essentially. Yeah, she goes, in, she goes and finds her like, right after and says, hey, I had a talk with your husband. <laughs> go get, you know, you're going to get some power. You know, and she goes, oh, I mean, I get power up to a point. And she's like, well, you know, move the point, you know, push it out further so you, till you get more. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's a really well done scene, and I think Serena is very like tempted here because later on in the episode she does kind of walk back a little bit after the incident with with uh with uh, Janine, yes. she steps back a little bit and says, "Hey, we have these procedures in place. You know, this is why we don't question things. This is why this is the right thing to do." And she does obviously add on the final point where she says, "Do do do you regret not leaving here?" Or she said that earlier. And just says, no, not without Hannah. Not, never without Hannah. And at the end of that scene, even though she's kind of like doing the company line again, right? She's like, no, no, this is why things are the way they are. She's like, oh, well, by the way, uh, you know, someone Hannah's age in that neighborhood would go to this school and they play at this time. And, you know, there'll just be a gate between you and her if you ever had to find her. And it's like really specific information. This is like the most genuinely helpful she's ever this been. This is, hey, if you need to see her, lunchtime. Here's where the school is. If if you yeah if you can get there, if for some reason you you can you know wrangle your way there, um, and it was a, it was a really sweet moment. But like I, I think Serena like and she was kind of feeling this. Of course, we we're talking emotionally last season about her making a big choice at the end of the season where she did eventually give up the baby and say, "Hey, take Nicole to Canada." Um, I feel like right now she like she is tempted by everything June's trying to convince her of. She's teetering. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just on needs it. just needs a little push. It's like gravity. You just need a little push, you know. Yeah, I still think the the single most amazing thing this show has done has made me sympathise with Serena. Serena. <laughs> you know, at this point, where we're kind of like, yeah, go on, work with June. Let's do this. Yeah, I know. When she was terrible. She oh she was awful. Like, I, I remember at the end of season one, she she you know she paraded Hannah out in front of 
and she went up and talked to Hannah, oh. where June could see it, but June like couldn't do anything about it. And then, because I remember she drops like a C bomb on her right after that scene, and like yeah. she's crying her eyes out. And I remember just hating Serena so much in that scene. She, she was utterly despicable, and in some ways she was worse than the men because at least the men actually had the power, so they were doing what was expected. Serena was doing this just so that she had a feeling of power over June, right? It was it was that hierarchy. I mean, I think debating which one's worse is a, no, no, a, a, okay. a worse conversation. That... <laughs> worse in the sense of at least the men are in the... They they know their position, right? They're, they're getting what they can. They're at the top of the chain. No, Bear with me here. They're at the top of the chain, so they feel like... We, we already hate them because, of course, they're awful, right? Whereas Serena is more complicated because we're like, oh, she should be on our side. You know, She should be helping out more. But she's actually doing these atrocious things. Oh, she's more complicated. I agree with that. I just don't know if the word worse is the right word to be using. Well, no, no, no. It's not that her acts are individually worse. It's that they feel worse to us because she's more complicated. Okay. Okay. I like picking that word was just a, 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 a pit that you didn't have to go into and explain yourself from. But... It was fine. You know, it made perfect sense. <laughs> um... No, she she's um she's been a fascinating character. One that I don't necessarily because I, I think at the start of the show she was just kind of like almost two dimensional and she's just just this evil. She's just this villainous. And over the course of the show, it's done this thing where she she's kind of like leaning towards better, but then no, she's the worst thing ever again. You know, she just when you think she's I getting rem- better. I remember that in season two, there was a point where we were like, is she kind of getting redeemed? And then you know the next episode is like, nope, nope, she's irredeemable. She's the worst. She's terrible. Yeah. And then here we are now going, ah, this is complicated. Yeah, yeah, super complicated. And I guess like one of the things that you could say is that, and why it's so important to go through this arc with Serena is the idea that someone can get better, someone can be redeemed, someone can realize they've made mistakes and work towards something. They they can have that realization. Even when they are a terrible person. Yeah. And in Serena's case, you know, arguably very delusional. Uh, which is why she's no. in the pickle uh, she, she's in. But, yeah, so no, that was that was really well done. Um, and obviously, the scene with uh, Janine herself, Janine, like, goes up and asks to hold the baby, which Mrs. Putnam actually agrees to. And it's... It, There's a bit of tension, isn't there, in the room yeah. before she even hands her over? Because they all remember last time Janine had a baby. Yeah, well, that baby. That, well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> was holding her. Yeah, uh... And she gives it gives the baby back. It goes off without a hitch, and then she starts offering, "Hey, why don't I come back here and we'll try and give her a little brother or sister?" Um, which apparently you just don't do. You just don't do that apparently in Gilead. No, and Aunt Lydia freaks out, and Janine's like, "What? I'm just doing what you trained me to do." Actually, as soon as Janine starts walking towards the baby the first time, she pulls out her cattle prod. She's got it ready. Oh, she yeah, she's waiting. She's waiting to use that cattle prod, um, which I think is into like Aunt Lydia's thing where she. she clearly feels like she feels like she she's weak and she has to assert her strength but she feels like she's just put on a show and that's yeah. why she's got a big cattle prod and she's ready to whip it out she, she feels vulnerable i guess is what i'm saying she feels vulnerable after what happened to her um but at the same time it's, it's a nice complex feeling for us because she kind of deserved like no, no, i don't think anyone watching this show was like emily you've went too far how dare you hit aunt, her aunt lydia that sweet old lady you know, like, that's not no, who that one is. It's, it's so conflicting because obviously Janine was really 
genuine with Aunt Lydia earlier. Like, mm. right, you know, brought the tea and was saying, "Oh, we prayed." You know, Aunt Lydia's like, "Ah, come on, I know what you all think of me." I know, you know, she she obviously thinks she's doing the right thing, but obviously she believes what she's doing. But she knows the effect she has on them, which is why I wonder if um, the idea of Janine doing this, or more specifically, the idea of Emily doing what she did to her, is like, does she take that failure kind of personally? Does she feel like? Are they all going mad and crazy because of something she's doing? Because she's not performing right? And maybe that adds into the overall theme of the show of, like, Aunt Lydia has always seemed like someone who takes what she does seriously. She she likes her position. She she actually believes she's doing the right thing by, you know, training these girls to be handmaids. Oh, she absolutely and, does. Right? There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Right? She believes all this. But is this just another example of, uh, <laughs> dare I say, the patriarchy, um, to use that word, like, of, like, giving her this false pretense. And she believes it so thoroughly that, you know, the second something's going wrong, she blames it on herself for her not doing her job properly when really the entire system's the problem and that's why things are falling apart because no human should be treated like the way these handmaids are being treated but she she doesn't see it that yeah. way she's, she thinks she's supposed to be doing that and she sees herself as failing because of it and i think yeah. that's yeah Aunt Lydia is surprisingly interesting isn't she i mean to be fair most of the characters are like i feel like but, but at this point in the show there's very few of the main characters that aren't fascinating and yeah. layered no, i am with you um but yeah, so, so she uh, starts shocking the shit out of uh, Janine and then eventually just starts just whacking her. her. Yeah, she, yeah, she shocks her a couple of times and then just starts hitting her with it like a bat. And again, June, again, being more confident than we've seen her in the past, swoops in, puts herself over Janine's body and says, stop it. And like says it really affirmatively, like, no, you stop this right now. And no mm. one, like, you know, pulls June away and, like, says, you know, you're out of line. No one does anything like that. Everyone just kind of stands around. Because, like, hell, Lydia gets up and is like, oh, I apologize, I, everyone. And she walks out. Honestly, I think Janine hit a nerve when she said, no, you're just, I'm just doing what you trained me to do, right? Have kids. Mm. Uh, I, I think that struck a nerve with all of them in the room where they're like, yeah, she's being uncomfortable to watch, but she's not. She's not necessarily doing anything wrong in the sense of, you know, she's doing what a handmaid should, right? Yeah. In in that regard, is is she's like, yeah, go on then, let's have kids, um, which is kind of their whole purpose, right? Beyond you know, the other, the actual the intricacies of the system in in setting them into which households, yada yada yada. But just the 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 core idea, she's completely indoctrinated into. Yeah, yeah, um, she's so she's been broken by the system, oh, absolutely. Uh, and arguably so is Aunt Lydia, just in a different way, and in a way where she thinks she's powerful. Same way with Serena, where she thought she was powerful, yeah. and if anything, Serena, deep down knowing she wasn't, was always chasing it, and that's why she was who she was to to June mm. and other characters. So, like, yeah, but up until her injury, Aunt Lydia has seemed relatively satisfied with her position in life. Which is why I think like the injury. It's not the fact that she got hurt specifically. I think it's the fact that one of her girls revolted against her. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, and she feels that she she's let herself down. She's let the, the let Gilead down. And you would see yeah. her crying alone um, after this. And I think she's crying because after she does this to Janine, like, is she worried that she's she's just done this again? Like, she's made another monster. You know, in her eyes. Uh, I don't know about that. I think it's more because um, I, I don't think she's worried that she's broken Janine, you know, made Janine a monster or anything like that. Mm. Maybe Hannah, uh, not uh, <laughs> June. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, but may, maybe June, but I don't, I don't know about Janine because um, you know, Janine is so 
broken, right? And she's completely indoctrinated in it. Uh, I think it's um, it's more just that that everyone else's reaction. No one stopped June getting in the way, right? Mm. No one, no one moved to to go to to defend her, you know, to defend Aunt Lydia in in her actions. There was a maybe a feeling in the room that she'd gone too far in beating her this much, like she, like it was you know getting to be just a personal satisfaction thing rather than what she actually needed to be doing and i think that you know because she is such a believer in what she does i think that's what hit her more than anything the idea that well hang on was she in the wrong yeah um i think as well it's another example of june becoming a bit of a leader because she cares about the others and she goes in to protect janine it's another example of her uh stepping up in that way yeah, um, and she's which... got a, a rival handmaid now to kind of have some arguments with. Oh yeah, yeah, the one who's much more obedient in pro Gilead. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe... she's the one in the the shop a couple episodes ago. Um, the, the walking partner. Yeah, she was a walking partner. Remember. Yeah, yeah, walking partner. Yeah, so I just double checked it was the same one. Um, she, I mean, maybe pro is the wrong word, but you know, she she's deeply into it. She obeys the rules. She's like, no, we shouldn't do this. We shouldn't do that. You know, we shouldn't talk about this. Yeah. They, they can't talk around her kind of thing. Um. Which actually, just funny. She's going to kind of, you know, uh, betray them at some point, by yeah. more, you know, or you know, give some information to the officials that the others didn't realize she had. Here's the thing, though. It's funny that there was a Breaking Bad reference a couple of episodes ago because I actually think this show has become more like Breaking Bad, um, just in the sense that June is trying to become a like the boss, like the, the you know, you know, underground, like. <laughs> It's reminded me a lot, and it's not so much that I don't think it will necessarily go the same way of Breaking Bad, where there's kind of a turn where you realise you're rooting for the villain. Um, certainly, I can see her getting dark because it has to get dark in a war, right? Yeah. If they can make me root for the villains over her, then this show yeah. has either massively failed. Well, I never said or... rooting for the villains. That's different. No, no, no I'm saying you know you you said oh it, it, it you know you can't see it doing that. Yeah. Right. And I'm saying. If we did end up at that point, then the show has either massively failed, or this is way more complex and better written than even I thought right now. You know, but I wasn't implying you'd be written for the villains. You just said, you know, no, no, I'm just saying. I was going off the comment. You just said, oh, I'm not saying, you know, that that you would be. I'm saying if if they ever got to that stage. Yeah, but what? Yeah, but I never implied they would. Like, you even do that in Breaking Bad. You didn't root for the villains in Breaking Bad either. No, but you um. You, you, you. Uh, oh, well, most people go to a point where they rooted against him. Yeah, really, guys. But there were still villains that you didn't root for. You, you, you rooted. Sure. You rooted for the authorities, but they were never the villains. Well, no, no, they're not. <laughs> Very different. Um, but just, just in the sense where, like, there was a point in Breaking Bad early on, right, where he's just a chemistry teacher who wants to, who wants to, you know, cook meth and sell it for a quick buck and it slowly becomes a thing where he's meeting more mob bosses and building a network and all of a sudden he's heisenberg right you know i won't say anymore because i want to get spoilers yeah, yeah. that's just the and premise that of the show. point is different on depending on who you ask sure sure yeah yeah um but i, I get this feeling like you know with, with with june slowly building this and like you know talking in serena's ear and trying to like manipulate not in a bad way but just trying to make you know inspire her to do this it's almost going to be a, an uplifting version of breaking bad in a way where she kind of builds this army uh under I the surface and i don't yeah. know it's interesting where you know we'll get to a point maybe in season five of this show where we, we turn around and go 
you know, June's actually pretty powerful now. Like, when did, you know, when did this happen? You know, we'll, we'll sort of, like, stop and go, that's, you know, I didn't realize she got into this point yet. Yeah, especially given, like, I mean, I think this is, this season is clearly the, 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 the pivot point into that direction. Should mm-hmm. we go in that route? You know, should we commit to her, you know, becoming more powerful? Because um, one and two, she was just broken. Especially oh, yeah. one. Yeah, well, that's one of my favorite things about like the performance from from Moss is that her, her reactions now are different from her reactions to very similar things from previous seasons. Instead yeah. of being terrified about things, she's she's like, she, she, I mean, she'll bite her tongue and not say something in a lot of situations, but she has no problem giving the eyes. Like she has no problem like yeah. looking like she's pissed about what's going on or looking like she's oh absolutely. And there's still know. a lot of the same. There's there's still that that constant okay that look of determination. Whereas before it was just a determination to survive, to try and get through the moment, you know. Yeah. Whereas now it's a determination to okay, no, I know what I'm going to do. I'm it's the long fight. game. No, no, it's about the long game and eventually yeah. winning. That, that's what that's what it is. Um, yeah. And the the performance really sells that. So really good, really really good. Um, that stuff. And then the final sort of stuff with them is they're all even at the end of the night, and uh, some of the 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 watchers. Can I know I have to speak to Mother Waterford? And June kind of stumbles around the corner, and I thought she was going to get in trouble. But then the guy's like, "Is this is this, is this your handmaid?" So, well, it used to be. Well, yes, we try to identify him. Come here. And it's like, they've got a tablet, and there's footage, and it's like a protest going on in Canada, uh, saying we stand with you, Chicago, because we've heard there's fighting on in Chicago. There's a resistance in Chicago, and looks there, uh, holding holding the coal, and. It's kind of a this really like June has to kind of fight back her emotions as she's like answering this these questions of like you know is this him yes is basically the question yeah there's no point in lying yeah no point in lying because because I have to wonder like what do they think they can do with him being in Canada exactly I don't think they can do anything I think they're more trying I mean uh, I think they're trying to implicate her in the escape sure with hey. Emily went to Canada with that baby and went straight to your husband with the, with the child. Isn't that a bit suspicious? Now, yeah. obviously, Emily knew it was was June's, you know, you know, kid. So maybe you know they she can wiggle her way out of it that way. Mm. Um, but I think that's what they're aiming at: is hey, isn't this suspicious? And trying to get her kind of Im- I- implicated in the escape. Yeah, but for 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 me, what this scene was really though, because she she eventually walks away, and as soon as she gets around the corner, she just breaks down and starts crying. But that of happiness, so she smiles, she's smiling and she's crying, because yeah. as much as she knows Luke's in Canada, as much as she's heard about this before, this is the first time she's actually seen him in any way. Yeah, and and she's seen, oh no, you know, the, the baby's safe. Yeah, yeah, like they're, they're both safe. They're together. They're they're they're. I mean, happy's not the right term because they're obviously protesting for all these reasons, but they're in a much they're, better place than her. Yeah. 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 So it's a really powerful moment, and I think I think in the context of the episode, it's kind of like she's so determined. She's thinking of the long game, and it's like she gets a glimpse of the prize. She gets a glimpse of what they're going to get should she should should she be victorious eventually. This yeah. is you know who she'll get to see again. This is who she'll get to see and her new daughter. Like this is a, a like the the light of the. It's a still a long tunnel, but she can kind of see the light in the distance. Yeah. No, I'm with you. you know, or at least she accepts that the light's there. Maybe is a better way of phrasing it, as opposed to seeing it. But yeah, she knows it's there, uh, and that's it's kind of a sweet moment. So uh, that's really good. Um, and then the other side uh, of the episode oh. um, is is uh, 
I mean, there's a little bit actually at the end. We should probably mention we do we do see Luke and Moira at the end, um, where they're getting the baby baptized, um, yeah, and that that you know obviously plays into the, the flashbacks. Ties back in with all the flashbacks and yeah. the, the parallels going on in Gilead, but um, less important than anything else. I think it's more just to play in with the thematics. And yeah, yeah, go, hey, yeah, you know, uh, you know, absolve the baby of the sins of of you know where it's come from in the past, and so you know, fresh start. And it gives it a sweet ending with the pianos playing, yeah. and it you know goes to. Uh, thing but the other main plot though in the episode is we actually go back to emily uh meeting up with her wife in person for the first time because obviously they talked on the phone and seeing yeah. her child for the first time and delightfully awkward it was it was interesting for me because she, she's staying at a hotel and i get why it's not just oh we're just going to rush back in each other's arms and you know it's been several years you know the kids you know five years six years old or whatever now yeah. um and but there was one line though where she says, "No, I'm going to stay at a hotel. I don't want to make things, you know, awkward for you." And she says, "Yeah, it is awkward, but who cares?" Like I thought they were then going to introduce her new wife or something because of the, what they said there. But there was never any. No, I think it's just awkward because you know it has been so long. She's been on her own for you know for however many years now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that there's necessarily someone else. It's just that she'd probably given up hope. Yeah, and no, I, it, you know, and, and just had got used to reality without her. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. I mean, if that's. I mean, if that is the case, then I, I, you know, I do. Just, I mean, maybe it's foolish to hope for a happy ending in this show, but you know, hopefully they. It's not impossible. No. They have their they moment. Can, yeah, you work know, work it out. Yeah. Get, ha, let them have their moment where they, because because they end up like because she's going to go back to the hotel at the end, but she's like, I'll just stay for a little bit longer, and they just kind of sit there side by side, um. You know, let them have their moment. Let them have the the, the romantic moment and let, let the spark reignite or, what, or whatever. Um, yeah. But you know, a lot of this, of course, is just her kind of like seeing like the, the the baby shoes and then meeting the son for the first time and kind of going along with it. And everything's very you know, it's very tepid. It's it's very you know gentle and like let's not rush into anything. Like because the kid even says, "I was told not to hug you until you're ready." Um, this idea being that he's he's actually much better like mentally prepared for this than she is like he's not been through it i mean as much as it's hard for a kid to understand all this and sort of process it he's not being through what she's been through he's, you know, she, he's going to school right yeah she, she's been through literal hell and yeah. you know now she's dealing with the fact that she's out and she's here now um so i mean yeah i, I don't have a whole lot of uh specific like insight in these scenes as opposed- I, I think i would just say um Consistent with last season, the Emily stuff hits emotionally a lot more than anything with June ever has for me. Uh, I think I said at the end of last season that, that June was the least interesting character in the show. And I think that is changing this season with the dynamics of, of what she's doing. Um, but here, you know, the, the like uh, Emily, you know, when she's breaking down reading the book and just can't even get through it and the kid just takes over, uh, that that's landing quite you know, That's landing well. No, I watched well. I mean, I never agreed that June was the least interesting character. No, no, but... you didn't. But hey, I, I, I wasn't on my own. People, people in comments did did uh, agree with me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Just they did. <laughs> just... I, I think she's far more interesting this season than she was before. You know, okay. With the, uh, with the the new dynamics at play uh, is is uh, really helping for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but uh, this subplot was good. Uh, it did a lot yeah. of a neat little emotional beats. Uh, that that worked really well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 
because that's an interesting thing where like seemingly there is no reason not to just assume that okay we'll be, be well, you know we'll be married again we'll both raise our son now but it's just hard to kind of like jump into they're, it they're, they're different people uh now essentially you know after years of what they've both been through individually they're not the same people they were before you know when they were you know married together before so it's yeah. just which doesn't mean they, they can't end up together again it's just a case of oh. they have to get to know each other again absolutely yeah yeah it has to have to baby steps yeah. baby steps because uh, I mean it, it makes sense to me that even in five six years that she's not found another partner because ha- having left your wife in this hellhole and having to think you about that all the time might feel pretty guilty if you try and found someone else I, I mean yeah I mean you probably would feel pretty guilty but even before guilt just I don't think she'd be in the mood to want to if, you know like, I don't think it would be on her mind I don't think she'd be like oh I need to look for a partner or you know I mean it may happen no, by no, happenstance absolutely. it may you know she might run into someone and meet someone yeah, I, and... I agree I think she definitely wasn't on the search for someone. Yeah. And if she had, you know, run into someone who she had a connection with, that's when she probably would have felt guilty anyway. Which might have uh, been an interesting co- counterpart to uh, June with uh, Nick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, for all we know, there was moments where she had, you know, had those feelings, and we'll we'll learn about them. Yeah, maybe. 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 Um, which is interesting because we actually will get a lot more clear develop on the show potentially now if we're getting more of this plot every couple of episodes. I'm okay with that. Because mm. obviously she was in some flashbacks in season... I don't know what season it was, but <laughs> she was in some flashbacks for an episode or two. She was, yeah. Yeah. And then, I think obviously... it was season two, but I'm not confident on that. It may have been season two because I think it yeah I think it was when we met Emily again early season two because you remember Emily disappeared for most of season yeah, one. Yeah, it was when she was in the colonies, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, which makes sense. Um, so there you go. That's Handmaid's Tale episode four. So um, now we're still on board. Yeah, I was. I think this might be the weakest episode of the four. Okay. Even though it had lots of like the the stuff between uh, June and you know uh, Fred and you know and and Serena. Those scenes were fantastic. And the the one scene with uh, Janine, you know, the the big one. Mm. Those were the standouts. I think a lot of the other stuff around the ceremony, you know, was was good. It was fine, uh, but it was a lot less interesting than some of the stuff in the last couple of episodes. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, still really solid though. Um, oh, so, absolutely. Um, you know, four down. Uh, presumably there's another nine. Assuming we're matching last year's episode. Assuming count. we're matching last year, yeah. Uh, no reason to think not, to be honest. But uh, that is uh, that's that. Uh, no Lawrence this episode, but I mean that's fine. I will yeah. rotate them in and out as we need them. I'm uh, sure we'll so, get back to them next time. So yeah, uh, let us know what you thought of the episode in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, get us on the Twitters at me underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, remember, the, the, the Hanime's Tale reviews are brought to you by Cindy Palacios, one of our patrons. Uh, you can also sponsor shows over at Patreon, but you can also uh, uh, you know support us on patreon.com slash mailfuzzTV for as little as $1 per month and you get some bonuses, some extras, uh, and get a nice warm fuzzy feeling in your stomach. Uh, but uh, otherwise, that's us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?